Welcome back. I'm busy here today with Prasad Kaipa. And Prasad is the author of the book From Smart to Wise. Prasad, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you, Alan. So, um, Prasad, in in putting this book together, it's 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 now gone international. And how many languages is it in? Uh, it is right now in about four languages. Okay. Uh, Portuguese uh, and uh, Turkish and French and English at this moment. Uh-huh. And, and what inspired you to write this book? The key message was somewhere I had a chance to work with a large number of extraordinarily smart people. I had a chance to work with uh, uh, brilliant engineers, technologists, Nobel laureates, and some of them. And in that process, I found we make some very brilliant smart decisions and also we make some pretty dumb decisions pretty wise decisions i kept looking at what are the conditions under which smart people make wise decisions so over a period of 10 15 20 years i observed and i saw some patterns and that's what uh, led me to write this book so question now is why do smart people make dumb decisions yeah you know like uh, as we talk about uh, mark zuckerberg is on uh, is in the congress right now uh, giving some uh, testimonials i think yesterday he worked with congress and today he is with the senate i think why do whether it is facebook or you can talk about uber for example the uber ceo and the kind of behavior he had and what happened to Uber because of the kind of conversations that he had with the drivers and other people when they showed up on YouTube. So my sense is, whether you are a CEO of United who take away a paying passenger dragged from the plane or Uber or Facebook, I think the key part is to recognize we are smart or we are dumb or we are wise based on how sensitive we are to the context. Mm -hmm. If I am actually paying attention to you, paying attention to what's going on, paying attention to Aaron, paying attention to what's going on inside of me, then that sensitivity of connecting to what's going on outside and inside allows me to tap into the intelligence that I have. But the moment I am on autopilot, when I am on, like, lights are on, but nobody home, I think we make a lot of dumb decisions because we come from the arrogance that I am already there or I am smart or I am capable. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of smart people make pretty dumb decisions because they are blind and deaf and dumb, thinking that they are at the top and nobody is watching, nobody is listening. Why is that? In other words, what, what gets in the way of doing things right? The one is, I suppose we get used to doing things in a particular way. We keep following a certain process and we gain competence because of that process. We become extraordinarily good at certain things. Like, you know, somebody were mentioning that one week Mark Zuckerberg had gotten coaching in addressing and talking to the congressional panel. Because of that, 
over a period of time he gained a certain amount of confidence and he gained a certain amount of ability to respond to questions that make him very uncomfortable the key is to recognize they make you confident but if you think you got it and you become over confident that strength that you develop through conf, you know conscious practice can also backfire so the signature strength that you develop can also become you know what we call core incompetence that's when we become situationally blind we think that we got it we mastered it i am you know the king of the universe kind of a feeling that comes in that's when we fall i think that's when we make the biggest set of mistakes because we are no longer seeing what's going on we are in our head i'm visiting here today with prasad kaipa he is the author of the book from smart to wise prasad i need to take a quick break and we'll be right back after these messages Grandpa, can we do chemistry? We'll help you stay organized so you can focus on what really matters in life. Give us a call today and see how we can help you start saving taxes. <laughs> Welcome back. Visiting here today with Prasad Kaipa. He's author of the book From Smart to Wise. And Prasad, in the first segment, we were talking about smart people making dumb decisions and 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 you know how do they move out of doing uh, move from doing the wrong things to the right things. But uh, this process of change is is never easy. A lot of people want to come in and they want the world to change. And they fail to see themselves. How does how does a person go about making the change that they need to make in order to get to the next level? I think uh, during the break you mentioned about accountability and responsibility. Somewhere, when I begin to think I am accountable to something larger than myself, it could be. the a corporation that i lead or it could be the family that i live with or it could be the community and society that i am accountable for somewhere i need to begin to think that i have responsibility i am a servant of something larger than me you know in spiritual domain of course that came into leadership language it's called servant leadership when i begin to deal with you as if i am servant of you then my humility my openness my alertness and attention will make me do better decisions than i would normally do so chances of making dumb decisions are very low when i am humble when i am open when i am aware mm-hmm. but when i am not feeling that i am accountable i am on the top of the world i am better than anybody else that arrogance i think that what you might call a certain way in which i feel i am better than anybody for that matter i think that is the danger point where we make a lot of mistakes 
interesting uh, comments. I, I had at uh, in the past Kim Blanchard, who has authored a book, uh, The One Minute Manager, 17 Million Books in Circulation. And when he gave me his business card, his business card, now Ken has just notably 5 million followers on his Twitter account. So his business card says Chief Spiritual Leader. And it, 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 was, it was that same concept that you, you just outlined about servant leadership uh, becomes so important in between inspiring and building those around you versus saying, do what I ask you to do. So um, this book that you wrote from Smart Wise, what inspired you to do that? Um, there were two things which uh, inspired me because I had a chance to work with a large number of uh, senior executives, C-suite executives from companies like Boeing to Microsoft to Apple to Disney to large number of companies I have worked with in addition to entrepreneurial companies where startup company CEOs are looking at building, you know, big, big companies. Over a period of time, I began to see that there is something about wisdom that allows companies to prosper and the leaders to prosper and build innovative and empowering cultures in their startup companies as well as big companies. When they lose that wisdom, when they use their smartness for their own self-interest, when they use their wisdom for their own personal benefit, then I found it becomes a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So in the process of writing it, I realized I'm very good at doing certain things, but I'm not necessarily great in doing certain other things. And over a period of time, I found out there is a gentleman, Navi Raju, whom I first started mentoring and coaching him. But over a period of uh, six months to a, one year, I found out he's extraordinarily well-developed in his writing. So we began to write blogs in Harvard Business Review and then I requested him to co-write the book with me. And interestingly, he helped me to write the book from smart to wise. And if it is any good, because he and I worked hand in hand, he brought out the best in me and I helped him to learn that and together we were able to create it. Prasad, I needed to kick quick break. We're visiting here today with Prasad Kaipa. He's the author of the book from Smart to Wise, and we'll be right back after these messages. Since you can't take your wealth with you, spend time with your family. Welcome back and visiting here today with Prasad Kaipi. He's the author of the book from Smart to Wise. And um, in Prasad, in the last uh, the, the last uh, segments, we talked about smart people making dumb decisions and how you implement change in your life, move to the next level. But I want to I want to focus this this segment on that that life is progression is all about progression just like you climb a ladder or a stairway and in order to get to the next step we can't just magically say 
we want to go up the next step. It's a process. So when you're coaching someone and when you're saying, uh, you know, where are you today and where do you want to be? How do you walk them through the process of change? One of the first things I find is, are they really committed to growth? Because several times, young people say, I want that. I want to be a CEO of this large company or I want my startup to be very successful. But when you start talking to them about the kind of sacrifices they need to do, kind of commitment and kind of hard work they need to put in to get there and the patience they need to be able to get there, they are not ready. So first and foremost step is to create a structure that allows them to recognize, I want to climb the Everest. That means I need to start walking every day, you know, maybe 5,000 steps, maybe 10,000 steps, mm -hmm. and then start, you know, hiking to nearby 1,000 feet mountains or hillocks or something else. So like that, first step is to create a way in which they are in the process of development themselves on a daily basis. First, I need to get that commitment from them that they are going to do every day as if they are an autopilot. Certain sets of processes and follow certain principles on a daily basis so that sometime, three years, five years, ten years down the line, they'll be able to reach their goal. Some people are open to that. Some people say, wait a minute, no, no, I just want to do what is most sexy, exciting, what is more interesting. I don't want to do the rote stuff. I don't want to do the daily discipline. That's when I know those people are not ready to be coached. They want, you know, they may become very successful, but they are not going to sustain that success over a period of time unless they have a set of self-discipline and a certain set of principles and values that they need to operate on a daily basis. There is a Maslow, who is a famous psychiatrist, that wrote uh, the, you know, the, the hierarchy of needs, which he talked about progressive state. And the, 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 uh, the highest one is self-actualization. And um, when, when an individual is talking about trying to get to do their best, it ultimately, if they understand it well, it it has to do with how others respond when they're around that that person. Yeah. Um, so in in the business world, you often look at small companies going from little to big, but in order to do that, it requires the founders to really let go. Uh, how do you? How do you transition and let processes take over entrepreneurial? One of the first things they need to do it is when they are working with their co-founders. Sometimes, based on the way in which they created relationships with the co-founders, how they share the stock, how they give titles, how they take on different positions, board positions or the chief executive roles when, when they take on, that tells me a little bit about how they feel about equality, how they are able to empower their co-founders and the early employees. 
once i know they are able to empower other people who are early into their startup and they are able to treat them well they are able to motivate them and bring out their innovation for the benefit of the startup then i know they are in the process of doing what is best for the company not what is good for their own ego that's the first step i find next step would be how do they hire do they hire people who look like them who think like them who feel like them or are they willing to hire people who are completely diverse who are smarter than them if they are comfortable in hiring the best people and uh, learning how to manage people who are smarter and better than you i think that is something that will challenge their ego but that will also allow them to let go of the kind of sense that they have similarly as the company grows from each stage like you know series 1 uh, in series a funding to series b mezzanine whatever they are going through they have to let go they have to take off more of the hats that they are wearing and give it to people who are better than them who are smarter than them and let them guide the founders so each step of an entrepreneurial startup if it has to become successful the founders have to let go one step after another the key is to recognize letting go is not giving up letting go is just for the heck of it putting it aside and then allowing it to grow by itself without my contribution my ego if i can do that then chances are i will not only grow the company to become a big successful company i will also grow myself to be a better leader and i can be a servant leader if i can learn to let go much better uh, yeah i love the way you put that and uh and and acknowledging the servant leader concept because it 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 speaks for itself that you know i am here to serve not to control prasad you know for the listeners here um your background phd in physics yeah and and you moved over to coaching it it's interesting that transition i'm going to ask a question why what inspired you to uh, to move this other direction when i was working in physics at university of utah uh, in the as a faculty what i found is somewhere along the path i'm happy in what i'm doing but i felt i'm a lot more than being a physicist and my self awareness my communication who i am was not as much in what i do so the being and doing there was a gap and when i was going through some leadership program it became clear to me that i am actually a people person not just a technology or a scientist in that respect i wanted to tap into using who i am as a way of contributing to other people so somewhere along the path i started looking at what do i do with all of who i am i think that's an important question young people have to ask am i happy with the job does that give me enough money to put 
on you know food on the table is one question second is am i joyful do i engage myself and do i enjoy every day what i do at work if the answer is no then maybe there is more of who you are can make a contribution to what you do so figure out how to explore what else can you do that led me to connect with the computers so i ended up in apple computer and uh, as i was in apple i was being a tool maker i was actually facilitating lot more than what i was able to do as a physicist but somewhere along the path i realized developing people whether it is through leadership programs whether it is through coaching is where you know who i am what i think what i feel there was an alignment and that alignment can be brought in through coaching leadership development that's how i transition so it's a 20 year journey but i have absolutely no regrets and i'm actually every day when i wake up i'm grateful and i'm thankful to the god that i was able to make this transition and there was a lot of grace in my life that allowed me to become successful during and after the transition you know prasad i love the way that uh in in smart to wise you you introduce spirituality within the workplace uh a lot of people are afraid to do that what's what's been your experience as as you've worked with this when i started out uh, in 1990s alan uh, there was a difficulty in using the spirituality i remember using the word uh, spiritual in boeing in alan alan malali's one of the staff meetings when he was building the 777 plane there was like a literally a gasp in the room because they didn't expect people to talk about spirituality but later alan was telling me that it actually opened up the whole room and it gave them a freedom they did not even know that they had but now 20 years later i'm finding spirituality is essentially the fuel that makes companies to be successful and people to be successful because the change is occurring so fast and it is international it is global and the competition is so high the diversity is so high if we are not acknowledging the grace that we have in our life then i think we are stupid of course now the business literature also talks about purpose purpose driven organizations can hire people lot more easily and the millennials are excited about meaning and purpose and sustainability and some of these kinds of things so my feeling is that the purpose passion meaning connection growth servant leadership are all different ways in which spirituality shows up in the business i think there are more and more business leaders are beginning to acknowledge that they are not there because of their greatness alone they are there because the context allowed them they were in the right place at the right time some people call it luck but uh, more self aware people call it grace and call it that spiritually uh, they feel grateful for that i think that's happening right now i've been visiting here today with prasad kaiper he's author of the book from sorrent wise prasad we're out of time today but i appreciate you coming on the show and uh 
and for all this content and wisdom that you provide with us. Um, thanks for joining us on American Dreams and join us next week right here on this station. Have a great week.